Welcome, Oncers. You have discovered the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. This is an unofficial podcast dedicated to the hit ABC TV show, Once Upon a Time. And now, here are your hosts, Jeff and Colleen Roney. Welcome, all. Hello. Hello. We charge no price for this podcast. It is free. Mm Mm-hmm. But we will be talking about a price mm-hmm. tonight. Mm-hmm. So the we will be discussing our first thoughts about the Once Upon a Time episode entitled The Price mm-hmm. is Right, I guess. All right. Uh, so this is episode number 293. The show notes can be found at onceuponatimepodcast.com slash 293. Before we dive in really quick, I want to shout out some congrats to Rainy Side for winning Best Cosplay in the Once Upon a Fan Awards. So congrats, Rainy. Yes, very much so. She deserves it. She's the nicest evil queen I know Mm -hmm. next to Lana. Well, yeah. Of course. All right. So let's go ahead and dive in. The, The thread I noticed right off the bat was that trust was kind of throughout and belief in yourself and that kind of thing. right so poor sneezy he he is still a part of team seven but now he's going atop the van he is he, he is a statue they have an extra seat in there i guess mm-hmm. and so maybe grumpy can kind of lean over and yeah take two seats yeah I love the not it thing. I thought it was the funniest thing. And then Dopey was ready. Dopey's really not Dopey. He was prepared. Yeah. He's very smart. Not it. So. (laughs) And uh, so, I mean, early on, Grumpy, because they came over and Regina said, you know, don't cross over the line. Basically, I'll take care of you. Mm-hmm. And Grumpy said, look, you know, we've taken care of all kinds of different things, you know, Snow Queen, this and Peter Pan and the trio of terror. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, I mean, since they didn't trust her and because of that. Well, it's not that they didn't trust her. It was Emma. And he had a good point. Well, yeah. He She's flat out said, hey, yeah. she was one of us. Mm-hmm. She knows all our tricks of the trade. How are we going to defeat her? Yeah. It is. It's one thing, and that's what I wrote in my notes. It's one thing when a villain or monster or whatever is is n- not a part of you, but it's something far different than a when a villain is part of your group, mm-hmm. one of you. Yeah, turncoat, whatever it it, it sure. is, th- that's far dangerous because they know all the secrets. Right, and we relied. They relied on that person to save them before. So now they're out of the loop. They're really in in a lot of uh, a lot of trouble. Yeah, it's so, the enemy within. Yes, and that's scary. So another connection was that Dopey, when he crossed the line, I mean, there's a list of things that it could have been, but Grumpy wanted to definitely choose someone to find out. So <laughs> Dopey turned into a tree. Yes, which obviously connects to Merlin. Becoming mm-hmm. a tree. And then I started mm-hmm. wondering, well, how did that happen? Was it a curse or something? Or That's a good question. So Trees are significant. I mean, there's a tree in the town logo. Right. And, and uh, Snow lived in a tree. As did Regina when yes. they were in the mm-hmm. alternate Heroes and Villains universe. Yes. So, I mean, trees play an important part. You know, there's the tree of life. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's definitely Regina's apple trees. Those yes. were huge. And th- there's a really interesting tree that we wanted to find mm-hmm. in, Story- uh, in uh, Steveston, but we could not. So there's a tree by the well when August took Emma out there to talk about water. Yeah. And then there was also, we believe it's the same tree from a different angle that uh, Lily knocked snow into the rock. Yeah, in that area. So it's that same mm-hmm. pretty incredible looking tree. So yeah. there's a lot of really cool trees, trees are like I said they're very integral and very important. So Yeah, we went to that area and there was a Hello, Emma's wardrobe 
that she was brought over in was made from an enchanted tree. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's important. That's right. So. All right. So I really agree with Henry when he said, wow, when he stepped into that Camelot ballroom. Mm-hmm. The CGI in this oh, yeah. in this episode was just incredible. Yeah. And... It, it's definitely Man. a huge, vast improvement over season one's. Oh, yeah. You know, season one, they had some really good stuff, but there were a couple things that were not quite as good. Yeah, we'll not but, talk about But, that. no, this is this is phenomenal. They've done such an amazing job with the CGI this season so far. I like Arthur a lot. Yeah. He's very confident, and he believes in his belief, and he's very, he's just confident. He said, well, yeah, we've been expecting you, and and Merlin's prophecies were always true. And so, yeah, hello, welcome. And we find out later that there may be a little trouble on the way. But I really like his attitude. Well, sure, sure. Uh, Regina's force muting was kind of funny. You've had enough of (laughs) Zelina. You just, that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm done talking to you. Well, Zelina kept fiddling with the bracelet, and so I kept thinking maybe she's going to get that cuff off, and she's going to be the one that's going to torment everyone. Right. But I love the fact that Regina basically made... And Robin had a nice grin on his face. I love that. I thought that was hilarious. Well, this question has come out a lot, and people are wondering why they took Zelina. It's a good question. Well, they couldn't leave her back home. They need to keep an eye on her because if you leave her, wait, if you leave her back home, who knows what kind of trouble she'll get herself into. It's one of those things, you know, keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer. It's a smart move because they, they let her alone and Hook decided to be, you know, a rebel cowboy. Yeah. Rogue, go on his own, do his own thing. And it kind of backfired on him so i think that's why they're taking her along they're keeping an eye on her they're keeping around because there may come a time down the road where we're gonna need her that's what i'm thinking i guess i feel a little better about hook this time and than last time yeah yeah well here's my question now that we're talking about zelina a little bit did you see her in storybook again no i haven't seen her in storybook again either no where but, is she? But they, they had all kind of different uh, Camelotians kind of sprinkled here and there. Camelotians? So, yeah. So <laughs> Just kidding. I she's, don't she's probably there somewhere. Well. Hopefully. Presumably. Yeah. What if she got Went stuck back there? Or yeah. what if they sent her to Oz? Mm. What if she sent herself to Oz somehow? Yeah, that's a good question. We still don't know how they got back. We don't. There, so. We absolutely do not. So Arthur knows about the Dark One. And my question is how? How does he know? Um, if I remember correctly, last season when the three queens of darkness kidnapped Belle, it was somebody's gauntlet. And I thought it was one of the Camelot okay. dudes' All right. gauntlet. All right. So clearly that's That's a how. good pull. I had forgotten about that. But yes. Oh, that's why I'm here. You are correct. That's why I'm here, babe. You're just not another pretty face, I'll tell no. you. No. I'm a raspy-voiced woman right now. Yep. Still have trouble from all the fun festivities we had this weekend. Yep, and you really got on hand during this episode. You're screaming out in the front yard running around. So. Uh, no. All right. So Regina, the savior. Uh-huh. And what's really interesting is we're seeing a lot of, I would say, we've definitely seen a lot of Disney-ish kind of things. But this is really, I would say it's it's almost internal female dreams now we're we're seeing princesses and queens and royal balls and all these different things and now we have regina kind of stepping into the dream of what it's like to be the savior Mm -hmm. people cheering and giving you gifts and different things and and all that i mean it's it's a whole it's the anti-evil queen life yeah, it is. But it's a so, parallel of exactly what's going on with Emma. 
Yeah. Emma's getting a taste of the darkness. Yes. Regina right. is starting to get a taste of the Savior and wants it. But that's not her role. That's mm-hmm. never been her role. Right. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. And I think this is a deeper... This reminds me of Neverland, but it's a little deeper in that we get to switch roles instead of kind of being who we are, who they are inside and kind of breaking stereotypes of what an, what an evil a villain is. Mm-hmm. And they can become whatever they want. Now we're seeing at least two, two people trading uh, personas and yeah. now they're learning what it's like. And yeah, you're right. Uh-huh. You're right. It's this, once you've had a taste of it, yes. it's tough to go back. And, and we don't want Regina going back to Evil Queen anyway. We just, you know, Regina lying to be the savior. And I understand she's doing it to protect Emma. Totally get that. But, I, but remember, I'm hoping that it doesn't backfire. Well, remember what that attendant said that I'm pretty sure is Merlin. When you do the wrong thing for the right, right. reasons, something right. bad will happen to yeah. you. Yeah. And so I believe that what really ticked off Emma at the end of the last episode and said, you know, you have failed me mm-hmm. and you will be punished. Mm-hmm. I think it wasn't one thing. I think it was a few things. And I think that was one of them. But she kept saying, yeah, it. yeah. she said, don't do that again to me. Yeah. Well, look, I, I pretty much had to. I mean, it was an interesting way to explain what was going on. Right. And she, w- Regina was right. She's like, look, if they found out you're the dark one, do you have any idea what's going to happen? Yeah. The, the interesting thing, though, is we... A lot of people really had a lot of problems with who has gone from the cast and who has stayed around. And for instance, one of the big things is, okay, gold is in a coma. Yep. Why keep bell around? What's her purpose? And we found out one of the purposes tonight in this episode. And I thought it was genius. Brilliant. If now there are two people that have something in common, it's, Killian and Bell. Absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. And I love the discussion about and and again, we're stuck in this Disneyized fairy tale world right. of true love's kiss, true love's kiss, true love's kiss. What happens to break this curse? Well, let's try true love's kiss because it worked the first time. Mm-hmm. And Bell said, "Look. Look, Killian, it worked the first time, but not the second and the third. I I'm sorry to tell you that it, it doesn't work. It's kind of like Henry said last day. Never do the same thing twice. He never does the same thing right, twice. So, right. Well, yeah, and yeah. it's interesting is that when you think about it, well, but I thought true love's kiss can break any curse. Mm, that was Regina trying to get Belle to disarm gold, Rumple. Right? Right. So in that case, that wasn't entirely true. True love's kiss doesn't break any curse. Right. It just doesn't. And we've seen little kind of variations of that. Yes, true love between a couple, but then it's the love of a mother that kisses another. So we see these little kind of, it's sort of true. Again, it's like believing in a fairy tale. Sure. We believe these things Mm -hmm. because we've heard it enough and it's used in a television show. But Belle is really kind of laying down a truth bomb and saying, look. It worked the first time. It didn't work the second and third time. Sorry. I, I don't know what else to tell you. Right. It's and that I, whole thing of, look, once the once the darkness has gotten a hold, there's yeah. really not much you can do. Yep. And I, I, I really, I love that moment. Yeah. Because they really were in the same predicament. Right. And right. Hook was just devastated. And Bell's kind of saying, look. It's easier later on in the episode. She said it's easier to hate mm-hmm. a dark mm-hmm. one, yeah, than love a dark one. Yeah, and, it's true. Uh, we'll we'll talk a little bit more uh, about that as we go when when they're kind of faced with Arthur's um, mm-hmm. suggestion how to deal with that. But it was really neat to see them um, have that conversation. So. 
then we flash forward, and I love the <clears throat> I love the mention, kind of tying back to the beginning when Emma told uh, Regina, "You're no savior," mm-hmm. and you know Regina's like, "Well, I, I I can be, you know." Yeah. And Emma said, "No, I I know you don't have it in you." Right. So it's that what we talked about. She knows everybody's faults. She does. Strengths. Everything. But again, so. wait a second. I don't think she really meant that, though. Okay. I think she knows very good and well that Regina does have it in her to be a savior. What she's doing is she's exploiting Regina's weakness that she knows, which is Regina's self-doubt. Regina's yeah, had this right? doubt from from day one practically you don't think i can do this weakness love is weakness you don't i I mean what was it last season we saw her crush the heart right in front of the entire wedding party of the guy that that was having the wedding in her lands and her father said regina don't don't do this she's like what do you think i'm too weak to do this Mm -hmm. and then you know so so you're saying she goaded her on to do that absolutely i do believe 100 percent that emma is exploiting her weakness at this point because she knows what it is she knows it's that you know self-doubt that unsure that frightened young girl who was terrified of her own mother. That's what I think. I mean, Emma knows that Emma knows that whole story. Emma knows all that. I think she knows just like Rumple was able to manipulate everyone into doing exactly what he wanted them to do. Right. Emma's doing the same thing. And Emma knows all their little secrets. Okay. So at some point we're going to see you watch at some point, Regina, uh, Regina, Emma is going to probably torment her mother um, using yeah. explaining her weakness, which is you know doing the wrong thing, always you know managing to do the wrong thing, even though she's supposedly a hero. She's going to exploit David's weakness of feeling like he's a failure as a father. She's going to do that to tear him apart. She's going to you know exploit everybody for their weakness. Yeah. So in, in a way, it's a lot like that um, that mirror. I think some yeah. of what Snow Queen was doing. Very much so. We've, so. we've kind of seen this before. but The difference is, is that, yeah, I mean, well, the only difference is, 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 is what I see is that it's not the mirror, you, your own reflection telling you how bad you are. It's Emma using your your weakness against you. Mm-hmm. It, it, Rumpel did the exact same thing. Sure. And I'm pretty confident. I mean, Zoso did it to him. Yeah. So whoever did it to those. So that's really what it comes down to when you think about it is the dark one. The dark one's biggest bag of tricks is exploiting a person's weakness Mm -hmm. and getting them to um, fail because of their own weakness. I I wonder if because the way they were talking about Merlin sounded a lot to me of Rumpelstiltskin. His prophecies are always right and, and different things like that. So I, I wonder if Merlin had a seer type of experience that he could see into the future. And I wonder if Emma got some of that from the dagger that was with Rumpel. I don't know. So uh, Here's what I think. And we've said this a lot. In this season and a little bit in last season, too. This is very much like Lost mm-hmm. in yeah. that where do we what do we see in Lost? We saw Jacob, the protector of the island, and we saw the man in black, mm-hmm. his brother. Yeah. Merlin seems to be this magical being that has all this power. And yet he's trapped in a tree. Right. Who would have been able to do something like that? The Dark One, right? Mm-hmm. What if the Dark One is his brother? Okay. There's two sides to every coin. I mean, we saw it tonight right, reflected right, right. in, you know, Regina was all in, in like dark green. So it looked very black. Like she was almost in black. She wasn't. She was in dark green. But you've got Snow, who's in almost all white, mm-hmm. with a little bit of black sprinkled in there. So her shirt was black and white, mostly white, but accents of black and then you have regina who's got green on and green and black going on and then you've got emma who's in all black but her hair is white so you've got that there's always that hint of both sides in everybody i mean and i think that's what we're going to see is that merlin is maybe the good side but then who the dark one is the you know the soul of 
the smoke monster, right? Man in Black. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to see a very similar situation uh, crop up this season. Here's another thing you need to write down on your list: is uh, feeding tacos to trees <laughs> is almost impossible. Pretty much. How, how could well, you do such a if thing? If he were on this side of the town line, maybe it'd be easier. But he's on the other side. Right. Nobody can go get him unless they take the Snow Queen's, you know, scroll. Go along, tree. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna throw a taco. But but here's the thing: I I love the little coming back of little terms like tacos. And yeah. If they use bowl of soup, I think I'll faint. But tacos. <laughs> so. Well, making tacos is. Yes, indeed. <laughs> anyway. Sexy time. <laughs> that's what they, that's what they said. Yeah, that's. <laughs> okay. Let's move on. <laughs> All right. So uh, I I just kind of want to talk about this is so we our dog is now coming in and laying on the blanket. You all can't see this, so I'll stop talking about it now. What's interesting is so when they're finally honest with Arthur and they said, "Well, we weren't entirely honest with you in Camelot." Mm-hmm. It turns out our daughter is the dark one. And he was mm-hmm. like, you you brought her to my kingdom? What's wrong with you? And then he goes, well, there's only one thing we can do. We need to destroy the dark one. And it, it's it's one of those things where, and I don't know, I'm going to have to, but, but I just, when someone is, has something that, someone considered dark well we need to take care of it mm-hmm. but then the parents say no wait 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 she's our daughter we're not going to destroy anything we're not going to do anything drastic that's our daughter and i really you know it's really neat that that the love is showing through the mm-hmm. love that they mentioned toward the end i don't want to sure. talk about it right now mm-hmm. but the love that goes beyond this this fear of we need to destroy her or that or whatever. It's like, no, we need to love her. I, I would really, that, that touched me. That's a very real emotion with yeah. most parents. Yeah. When their kids do something that is not good, it's very difficult because on the one hand, they know that the child needs to pay for the pri- pay the price for what they've done. The child needs to be punished for what they've done. That's not right. And it doesn't matter how old the child is, whether it's a young child or a grown child. It makes it really tough because the parents still love the child. Or I'll extend it out. Uh, the children are uh, something that others don't understand. And that and, too. Um, that so, very much so as well. Yeah. You're but right. I, I really, You're right. I, and there's a lot of that going around in the in this day and age, or at least we're more aware of it now, with a lot of children that have, you know, challenges that parents are having to try to deal with them, and a lot of people don't fully understand. Well, and, and there's a lot to it, and I don't want to really dive into no, no, all I know, of it, but, but it's just... Uh, I'm just saying that's... Parents loving their children, regardless, no matter what. Right. That regardless really... Mm-hmm. It, it touched me, and, yeah. and I know that, that that was an important thing that they definitely wanted to, to show. Absolutely. Like, uh, uh, it was really... Again, really really may, that's one of the things I love about the show, is it's very human, very, very current, and it's not... You know, sunshine and birdies and talking animals and unicorns and rainbows. Love is one of the most powerful emotions there is, but love many times is not easy. No, it's not. It's but true. it's 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 the right hard thing to do. Yeah, most of the time. So uh, I really I enjoyed the whole idea, and I thought it was kind of funny. It, again, it goes back to that missing year thing. Is that well, we have to find people. Remember, mm-hmm. we remember when uh, Grumpy and uh, Happy came into Mary Margaret's uh, loft mm-hmm. apartment, and they go, "Well, we found this, and we're still looking for so and so, and this and that." So they're trying to kind of keep mm-hmm. a list of who they found, who's still missing, and all that. And that's really the, the case, is because Percival. And Arthur rode up on the horse. Horses. Not Percival. Okay. But Arthur. Arthur, Arthur and, and a couple of his knights, uh, right. but not Percival. Yeah. Percival's so, the one who gave Regina the necklace. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I'm just, oh, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. Yeah. He's gone. Yeah. 
So, uh, but it, it was kind of, it was the same thing. We're kind of used to that. So mm-hmm. they all get water from Costco or wherever it is <laughs> in Storybrooke. And then yeah. they start looking and where is so-and-so and They whatever. set up a nice little camping area there with little tents and stuff, which I thought was fascinating. I know where that is in Steveston. I'm pretty sure. Okay. So, <laughs> but when, but when Arthur arrives, Excalibur is not with right. him. He can't find Excalibur. No. Uh, I did love black T-shirt, Emma. Yeah. Oh, enjoyed that. Yeah. I really, really The did. black tank top. Mm-hmm. And Emma, again, knowing Hook better than anyone, mm-hmm. was kind of using the right. dark temptations. Oh, absolutely. To kind of lure him. The rum, mm-hmm. kissing on him. Oh, yeah. Because she knows what gets to him. Oh, yeah. She knows what all, what is his weakness. Ding, 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 ding. This is I my place. I just talked about that. This is my right. place. And I, I'm in charge now. So, um, Well, I, and I think she was trying to hint at, this is mine. Oh, yeah. So no mom, no dad, no uh-huh. Henry, right, no right, right, baby right. brother, no you know people barging in at all hours of the day. Privacy galore. And, and not grannies either, because that's where he's living. What I did like, though, is the, the little exchange. I know I'm jumping around, but, but the little exchange that... She and Henry had mm-hmm. is you didn't fail me, but the rest of them did, and that was kind of nice. But then after the exchange that Emma had with Regina there on the pier, yeah, Henry kind of kind of backed away, like oh, I don't even want to have anything to do with you if you're going to be that way, right? To my mom, mm-hmm. yeah, my other mom. That's yeah, I, I'm not I'm not having any part of that. But I think he will have a part in turning her back. Yeah, very likely. That's what I think. Very likely. All right. um, So, oh, and also Emma knew about Hook's conversation with Belle when they were at her place Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. kind of making out and she was passing out rum and all that. Well, so it wasn't knew. that she knew. She just figured that's what happened because okay. he tried to kiss her. And he's like, what? It didn't work. And she's like, you've been talking to Belle. She knows the whole true love's kiss thing. She knows all these stories. Yeah. I, I do. I love. Uh... The other thing is recall. I want you to keep this in the back of your mind. The dark one has always been in. It's been in rumble for a very long time. Mm-hmm. So re- the dark part recognizes Belle's stuff. Okay. Very easily. Right. Do you understand? Do you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Because remember, the dark one is very much a dark, smoky, cloudy, vine-like. Well, and I think it's icky the thing. I think the inference is is I think my opinion mm-hmm. that the dark one power that you get from uh, is that you get stuff from all the dark ones back. Right. So uh, that's what I think. And here's here's something that we'll we'll kind of throw in. So if you're not watching Eye Zombie with Rose McIver who plays Tinkerbell, which I love that they had the like Tinkerbell uh, thing in the garden yes. still going at one point. Yeah. <laughs> so that's an homage to her, even though she's not there. Eye uh, Zombie. The premise behind it is that she's sort of a zombie, but not really. And the way she has to, you know, she works in the morgue, and so she eats brains that come from victims in the morgue but what's fascinating about it is that she inherits characteristics of those brains that she eats so she doesn't know anything about these people when they were still alive and so she you know eats brains of one and she's all of a sudden fluent in japanese and she eats brains of another one and she's you know kung fu expert she eats the brains of another one and she's you know sultry you know like strip tease dancer kind of a thing it's really funny so it's kind of the same principle is that she you know emma having just inherited the dark one powers is inheriting all the dark ones before her some element of them so that's why and rumble did the same thing i'm sure as well now we're talking about eating brains well Sorry, i'm just kids. saying Man, no look i'm I just know, saying it's the and by the way i don't normally like zombie type things but i really do like i zombie i think it's a great show so david anders is on uh-huh. the show as well yeah there's talk that the doctor may be in again yeah well he all right probably will show up here, here and there Okay, so what is that winged thing? You have an answer. The winged thing? That winged creature. That was the fury. That was grabbing 
Okay. Yeah, it wasn't about. I wasn't looking up that. The Fury is right. just a Fury. But actually, I mean, if you well, give the, me a the second, Fury, I'll find out. The about Fury it. that let that uh, was involved in the price being paid, and if the correct. price wasn't paid, correct, 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 the Fury correct. became involved. Kind of like a I'm wraith, I think. For, okay, so yeah. no, kind of, but I'll tell you exactly what. According to, they are. <laughs> here we go. Furies um, in Greek mythology are female deities of vengeance. So they're sometimes called harpies. They're they are furies in hell, harpies on earth, and dire in heaven, which is whatever. Anyway, it suggests somebody. I don't know who this is, but somebody suggests they are an embodiment of the act of self cursing contained in the oath. So a formulaic oath in the Iliad invokes them as those who beneath the earth punish those whosoever has sworn a false oath. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. That's why Regina was the target, because she swore a false oath. She hmm. lied and said she was the savior. Wow. She did it to protect Emma. However, because of that, the fury had to come and was they basically are the act of self-cursing. Yeah. Which is interesting. There's an interesting way to look at it too. So it's accountability for a lie. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. I, I, I've said it a million times. I'll say it again. I love the fact that bell is revered. Yeah. As a strong woman who reads books. Yep. Her, her, her gift, if you will, she researches. quote unquote, and that's her gift. Absolutely, it is. It's not magic. That's but how she is. No, nope, but, but you know really. what? That's how she is a hero. Yeah, that is exactly. Yeah. She wanted to be a hero. She wanted to, you know, do something heroic, and she does it all the time. Yeah. You know, for those who wonder why she's still around, this is why. She's the only one who would have the, you know, personality and characteristic and character to research and find information and be able to. I mean. We saw it from the beginning and, you know, in her whole story of how she, you know, read about the Mogwai or Yagwai. Yeah, right, right, right. So, I mean, we know Belle reads and we know she's she loves the library and the books. And that's why she has the library. It makes sense. And honestly, there really is a huge, huge, valuable reason why Belle is still around. And I'm telling you, when she goes up into Merlin's little chamber... Mm-hmm. Boy, I wonder what kind of things she'll decipher and find. She she is so well read. I bet you she will see a lot of stuff. So they gave Regina, the mm-hmm. quote unquote savior, yep. a purple stone with a GoPro in it. I don't think that was fair, <laughs> but that's what that they was. Did. No, that's what Percival did. I know, and that was Percival who yeah. who did that. So. Let's talk about a little bit about Percival. Okay. Percival's one of the Knights of the Round Table. And there are little things that I've, you know, kind of gleaned about Percival, but basically in a um in a nutshell, um so he's often associated with the Fisher King. Okay, so in Arthurian legend, the Fisher King or the Wounded King is the last in a long line charged with keeping the Holy Grail. Okay. So basically, he's the versions of the story vary widely, but he's always wounded in the legs or groin and incapable of moving on his own. So he's unable to perform his own, you know, the tasks of keeping things the way they're supposed. He's supposed to. So he um, he he suffers. His kingdom suffers, um, and it becomes a barren wasteland. Because of the fact that he can't move on his own, he can't reproduce, and he can't carry on the line. So, it, basically, what it is is he all the Fisher King is able to do is fish in the river near his castle and wait for someone who might be able to heal him. And healing involves the expectation of the use of magic. Knights travel from many lands to heal the Fisher King, but only the chosen can accomplish the feat. Mm-hmm. This is Percival. In earlier stories and then later versions, he's joined by Galahad and Boars. But anyway, bottom line is the way this this works out is that um, per, there's a work about Percival 
that mentions Fisher King and it's um, personal encounters a man and his servant fishing on a lake. They have a short conversation with him, which ends with them directing him to this grail castle. He sees a beautiful castle and surprised when he discovers that the Fisher King is the one to welcome him in. After entering, Percival is given a sword by the Fisher King and then celebrates Percival's arrival with a huge feast. And then during the feast at the beginning of every course, a procession containing a candelabra, a bleeding lance, and a grail are all brought through the dining hall. And he watches them and he just, that's it. He just watches it go by. And after the end of the feast, he retires to his room. And when he wakes up, he realizes that the castle's in ruin and everyone's gone. So... He did, over time, he discovers that the failure to ask about the procession is what caused the Fisher King's wound to remain unhealed. So it's interesting because it's he, the only cure for this injury of the Fisher King is that Percival was supposed to ask the healing question, but it never happens. Okay. So that's what happens. And then there's something about the sword. There was a there was a thing about the sword. Um, the sword is thought to be a gift from the Fisher King. And this is then followed by Percival's cousin's prophecy that the sword will break at a crucial moment. Hmm. In two cases, the writers tell us that Percival broke the sword. And then it, there were two different writers. And the first one talks about it failing him in his battle against his half brother at the end of this this writing and then in another writer describes how it shatters on the gates of the earthly paradise so that's kind of an interesting mm-hmm. thing so um interesting okay I, like i said i mean i i don't know exactly how that's going to come into play so is it possible that percival even though he was the little boy in the you know village that regina basically burned to the ground which would tie in with the story of a barren wasteland. Um, mm-hmm. The sword, the fact that Excalibur's broken, does that come into play with Percival at all? Yeah. And we've, I'm, I've heard stories like that in uh, uh, David and the prophet. Uh, the prophet was telling a story mm-hmm. and David didn't realize uh, yep. from the Bible and, and he didn't realize he was talking about him. Yeah. Was that, that man is you. Yeah. And so it was that same kind of setup where Percival's telling the story and, you know, expecting Regina. It's like, well, that's, that's awful. And, and then she, but, but she had an epiphany. Wait, it's me. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, talking she about the angel of death yeah. and, and all that kind of thing. So. She recognized almost mm-hmm. instantly when he started talking, she knew that he had recognized her and she didn't know how, yeah. but she knew he knew it was her. And so she was very nervous. You could see it was, it was very, you know, and that's why she said, who have you told? And he goes, no one, you know, uh, he, he wanted basically revenge on but, her. But whoa, 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 wait a minute though. That's not all to, I don't, I don't believe that. I think he made up that story because that stone. Yeah. yeah. She basically outed herself as the evil queen. Right. And I think he, he may have put that together. Maybe. I don't know that he's altogether truthful about that story. Very possible. And again, if they're following this, you know, Arthurian legend or this, these other works about Percival, is it possible that Percival is related somehow to Merlin? Yeah, could be. I mean, there's just so many possibilities of so many things. So I, I right. like that they pulled some really cool, well-known works of literature together. Yep. In this. We're going to skip ahead, so we're not going to be covering everything. I, no. I just, well, so. obviously not. Uh, I love Regina's first dress. I have to say that. Uh, well, of course you do. And I love the fact <laughs> that Charming not only taught his daughter how to dance, yeah, but taught Regina. an ex-evil queen how to dance. I thought well, that was very his, great. Technically his stepmother-in-law. Yeah. And what I loved, too, was at the ball... You know, they're all there and, and Emma, Emma getting to share her first ball with her mom, which actually is not entirely true. Right. She was there, though. They don't really remember it so mm-hmm. much. I mean, they didn't realize it. At the end of uh, season, season three. three yeah. Exactly. Yeah. When Emma was Princess Leia. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. In the red dress. And here she's in a beautiful white dress, very um, 
pure white and it's almost like a wedding gown. You know, the flowers in her hair were gorgeous. Mm-hmm. She looked amazing. I mean, they all did. They all looked amazing. And um, seeing her come down the stairs, Killian, you know, very, he looked dashing. They all did. It was spectacular. And and then, uh, you know, we have the the dancing and it was it was a fun little, it was a nice party. Until Regina started getting confronted by Percival. Well, and Regina was greeted and announced as the savior. Yeah. And and she loved that. She yeah. loved that part. And you could see it. And again, it's that whole, she got a taste of it. And it's kind of made her a little drunk with power in, in a sense. Well, yeah. But, but I think she has lived under this shadow. Right. And, you know, created by her revenge against Snow. But she... She's basically lived in that, and she's been used to people fearing her and right. not liking her. You know, it's interesting to hear Lana talk about. There's a story that that she said a number of times that a little kid just kind of ran up and then ran away from her because she's the evil queen, right? And so it's it's that kind of thing. And then real life, you would get like, oh, well, that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. People don't like me. They just you know because of what I've done, whatever. I, there was a, a point I really thought it was interesting later on. I, I know I'm jumping around that Arthur was talking to Regina later on, and she said, "Well, yeah, I'm, I'm unfortunately I'm the evil queen." After the Percival conversation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and Arthur said, "Camelot is a place of second chances." Yeah, and because you use magic to save uh, Robin, mm-hmm. you are the savior. And I thought that was so great yeah. is that whatever you've done, there's a, there's a time for a second chance and you can change your life mm-hmm. by doing the right thing or a different thing yeah. so that you're viewed differently. Yeah. And some people, us, I, it's just, it's hard to forget people's pasts and, and all that. But in Arthur's mind, you are a savior because you saved Robin. Yeah. That's enough for me. This is a place of second. I just, uh, I just thought. Yeah, it was, it was really great. It was. Uh, the. Oh my gosh! So the, the the whole portal thing. Oh my gosh! I just so confusing. Bell saying, "Okay, look, th- that that." The fury. Fury that you're describing is a demon that is going to claim an unpaid price of magic, mm-hmm. and. There, there's a portal that opens when the moon reaches the zenith, and uh, to save Robin, somebody must be a sacrifice in his place. And right. oh my gosh, it's just like it's so confusing, <laughs> you know. Basically, so, a life for a life. Yeah, but the moon reaches the zenith. I mean, there's all these, which is you know, yeah, highest point. So, but what you notice the. The being, the hooded being with oh, the boat. Yeah, that that reminds me very much of Charon, who is the guardian of the underworld. He's the one. Actually, he's not the guardian of the world. He's the one who ferries people from this world to the underworld. Now that's the River Styx yes, we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so see my rock and roll yeah. listening as a kid. Yeah. I know the band Styx. Yeah, I know they're named after the river. And Rush had a song about the River Styx and all that. So yeah. I, I. I'm somewhat aware. Yes. So. Charon yep. is in Greek mythology, the ferryman who ah, carries the souls. Don't pay the ferryman. Right. That that guy in the song. There you go. Okay. Okay. He's the ferryman of Hades. Hades is the guardian of the underworld, is god of the underworld, who carries souls of the newly deceased across the river Styx and Acheron that divided the world of the living from the world of dead. And okay. a coin to pay Charon for passage um, was sometimes placed in or on the mouth of the dead person. So, So if you couldn't pay the fee... You had to wander the shores for 100 years. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Henry is a... Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, but wait, let's talk about the fact that Charon's standing there, sitting there waiting, ready to take Robin to the underworld. Right. The Fury is trying to get him to the underworld, and the Fury is like, this is going to happen. And then comes after it, and then Regina goes, no, take my soul. Mm-hmm. And that's when the Fury starts going, okay, I'm going to suck your soul out because that's how they have to get it out. You know, the soul has to come out, right? It would kill Regina. When Snow goes, no, you're not doing this by yourself, and she grabbed on hold, 
if you understand the rules of magic and of, you know, the whole fury thing, you can't take more than what you're allotted, mm. right? Mm. So if there's one that died, it's kind of the same rules of Wonderland. Two go in, two come out. Right, right. Right? Yep. Same thing. One dies, another one has to. Mm-hmm. One dies and it is, and that one is healed and brought back to life because Robin technically sort of died and Regina yeah. brought him back. Yep. And it was actually, again, because that sword was meant for her. It was enchanted to kill her and it killed him instead. So that was the price of magic, that whole thing. She was meant mm-hmm. to die. She should have taken the sword. But again, Robin's got in the way and took it instead, right? He right. sacrificed himself. It was not his job to do. So because of that, that's why when Snow grabbed a hold of Regina's hand and then Charming realized what was going on and they all started joining in on it, it was too much. The Fury's like, I can't take all of you and I can't, you know, it can't, it, I'm sure it all kind of crossed paths. And because they're, they're um, Love for Regina mm-hmm. was strong enough. Right. It blasted the fury. And it reminded me, <coughs> and I mentioned it when we were watching, but it reminded me of Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, absolutely. Just that whole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all. At the end, yeah. Yeah, we're all together in this thing. And But you're right, you know, uh, the the love, and again, it gets back to the end, the little uh, monologue, mm-hmm. the love that doesn't end. For someone, even mm-hmm. if they're in a place where, you know, they're they're kind of lost or, yeah. or kind of, you know, can't find their way, can't find their themselves, you know, uh, love still gets to them. And, yeah. and, and it's it's yeah, it's really it's really great. And um, I hope I remember there was a couple of things I want to say and I hope I can remember once we get there. But Henry's a playa. He has an iPod in Camelot. <laughs> yeah, he does. He's not afraid to use it. It was a little and teeny one, the old charming. Ones, yeah, we gave him some. Just go for it, dude. You, yeah, you know, come go on talk now. To her. Go, go introduce talk yourself. To her. Yeah, introduce yourself. He's like, that's your big game, really? Mm-hmm. That's gonna work. He's like, do it, do it, and he did, and it was very cute and adorable, and you know, it was ador- it was sweet to see you know teenage love so to speak and it's not really love i mean it's just he likes the girl she seems to like him too yeah violet's a cute gal you know and he's yeah. going over talking to her the i i did think of something else too is that charming in the pilot was a very different than the charming who killed to uh save um robin mm. and regina you know Regina's love Robin I mean that was really I don't think I've ever seen Charming kill anyone yeah so uh, anyway and then Regina was upset at Violet who's that talking to my son it was kind of well, that was yeah. She, she mentioned that in a, in a convention. She said, uh, "You know, I've got I've got two sons of my own." She goes, "And any girl's got to get through me." So, you know that that's the way it is. And somebody goes, "Are you are you going to be a a very protective parent of Henry?" And she just started talking about her yeah. new, new life with her sons. So, well, and I was going to say, I mean, it's very very sweet and very, you know. Mom, very yeah. mom. I loved uh and the song they played, the song that Henry uh, had. Yep. That was Only You by Yaz, also known as Yazoo. It's a duo, Vincent Clark and Alison Moyer. They were very popular in the early eighties. Mm-hmm. That song actually was released in March of eighty two, which is a year before Emma was born. And it's a great song. And I loved Yaz. They were a great band. A lot of great electronica music. Yeah, electronic dance dance band. But what's funny is Henry having that on his iPod. It's Mm. kind of funny that he would have something that would have been, you know, way older than he. Yeah. I mean, you know, before even his mom was born kind of a thing. It just magically appeared. It just, there. well, <laughs> but it was a very perfect little song. I mean, it, if you go, go look up the lyrics, it's a very sweet song. Anyway, the Emma Vader, 
Mm-hmm. Emma Vader. And that's when Regina talked to her and she said, the good you is still in there. Mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. she's still there. And so she understands. And I think everyone is kind of, kind of believing that. And that was really, that was really nice. Mm-hmm. And, um, So Regina asking Emma to save him, and then now we've got the the Rumple influence, the Rumple Devil trying to really question Emma's motives, and we we see him when the good part of her appears to do the right thing, then he comes and says, "No, you you, you can't do that. You're the dark one," and then we see the the full statement at the end about the whole good light side. But, um, you know, Rumpel talked about the taste last in the last episode. And then he mentioned it again. Tasty, isn't it? Mm-hmm. This, this mm-hmm. darkness. Oh yeah. Well, you could see her, you know, the, the darkness, the sparkly, which <laughs> I'm sorry, but it reminds me of twilight a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I know. It just does. I know. So she's turning into a Robert Pattinson vampire. Hey, which, by the way, is not a bad thing because Robert Pattinson is awesome. And, by the way, he was in a movie I just watched this weekend called Remember Me with Emily DeRabin. Yes, yeah. It was a great movie, too. I have not seen that, but It was really good. I am aware. So, yeah. All right. So Regina's standing up to the monster really changed everything for everyone. And so she did a brave thing in Camelot. And she became a savior, you know, during the conversation mm-hmm. she had with Arthur. Old things were removed from her as far as all her activity as the evil queen. And now she's on the road to being a savior in Camelot and in standing up to the monster in Storybrooke. Now she's uh, doing the same thing in Storybrooke. And I think that was pretty cool. Uh, I had a full-blown uh, connection of grannies and the, uh, what was uh, the, Ed's? Well, oh, no, no, no. Mel's. Mel's Diner. Mel's Diner. In Happy Days. Oh, yeah. No, no, no it was Arnold's. Arnold's. That's what I, I, I pictured. What? Arnold's Diner. When? When Henry was next to the jukebox. Oh, yeah, yeah, With Violet. Yeah. And just that whole idea yeah. of... This is where they all congregate. Mm-hmm. This is where, you know, love blooms and the, you know, tough times and good times, celebrations. The Granny's Diner is the Arnold's of, yeah. uh, of the show. And it was really neat because, you know, that whole idea of the jukebox and the whole 50s thing and all that. So that was really neat. The and Snow seeing. You know, we already talked about Arthur's kind of knee-jerk reaction to, well, if Emma's the Dark One, well, we need to destroy her. That's what we do with the Dark One. And, you know, Snow and Charming said, well, wait, it's it's our daughter. So yeah. we, we need to kind of take a little more gingerly. We need to take another tack with it. Well, yeah, because and, defeating her, right? she won't win. Right. And uh, but Snow said at Granny's, if we win, she Emma loses. loses. Exactly. So I I really love that there is really kind of weighty decisions. Mm-hmm. That this is not mm-hmm. a black and white. Oh, and I'm holding back saying a lot of things. It's not a black and white decision. Right. Where if this happens, you have to do this. There's a lot of gray area. A lot of gray area and a lot of things to consider. Mm-hmm. Before doing it, and it's it's like a it's like a chess game. It's like mm-hmm. anything else. It's like mm-hmm. dealing with a person. Well, the so, funny thing is, yeah. is actually the nice thing is, I think this episode and the whole Fury and Regina and that whole teamwork thing, that in and of itself is in my mind going to prove to all of them that there is more than one way to handle the situation with Emma, that, you know, it may be that the best way, you know, we know the rules of the dagger, you know, if you have the dagger, you control the dark one. If you 
kill the dark one with dare you become the dark one i think they're gonna realize wait a second emma flat out said something's coming that you're not going to be able to you need a savior for and i don't know if the fury was the thing she was talking about doesn't seem like it i think there's something else coming Mm -hmm. but i think that this is a good start for them to realize that if they work together they can do anything and I I really like how the all the Storybrook team group has a job to do, and when someone like Emma is now on the other side or on a different team, if you will, mm-hmm. then others have to step in as her place. Yeah, and it's really kind of interesting because it does call on on other people to really step into bigger shoes yeah. than maybe what they've been used to. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I really enjoy it because that's growth. That's really what life's about, I mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. Emma being on the outside looking in on mm-hmm. Granny's Diner, yeah. who did that remind you of? There was oh. another character. It was actually Regina that was looking. Okay. I remember her uh, watching Hook, Hook as, as well. well. Yeah. Hook so and Regina. They, they, they've all kind of shared that a little bit, being yeah. outside yeah. and yeah. kind of wanting to be mm-hmm. a part of that, but they're not. And even um, the, 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 the Rumpel uh, oh, host Rumpel, or whatever, totally. he said, well, what's it like feeling, you know, abandoned or uh, I forget the exact word. Left but, out. Yeah, feeling left out. Mm-hmm. Because that's part of, again, we mentioned that before, the, the Dark One and the Evil Queen... People avoid you. They're afraid of mm-hmm. you. And so yeah. you feel yeah. alone. Yeah, you do. And I think you that do. may be one of the things that, that turns her in the end is feeling alone. Right. She will remember. Something will trigger that yeah. memory. Yeah. Because I, I think she's all... Even the love part of her that that she's drawn to, mm-hmm. uh, Hook, is the darkened love. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all temptation and sultriness, which has its place, but it, it's not. It's not the 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 solid thing that I think she was it's kind of pure. building to. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, and I wondered if right after the Emma scene outside of Granny's, I thought I heard a synthesizer in the soundtrack of the episode. Well, I will tell you, in the in Granny's Diner, the music that was playing in the background is the song from season yes. one, Things Are Changing in Storybrooke. Yes. And um, it had a slightly different sound to it, but it definitely is that theme. And so that is a foreshadowing, I think, of what's going to happen. Something's going to change. <clears throat> there were a lot of things that were interesting about that whole scene in Granny's. Uh, Henry talking to Violet, mm-hmm. forgetting, and I'm sitting there going, oh, great. So, and I totally had forgotten that they both forgot who each other was. So it was kind of an interesting little that's reintroduction. Right. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the cursor it, it felt yeah. too familiar. And I was like, oh, that's great. They at least, and then I realized, wait a second. No, 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 no. He doesn't remember meeting her. She doesn't remember meeting him. And ironically, he played the exact same song mm-hmm. that he played in the iPod. And I love the fact that she made the comment, well, no, he says, I know our, our, I forgot your, you know, you're not used to our music here. It's a little different. And she goes, yeah, but I feel like I've heard this before. So there, I think there's a possibility that people could get their memories back. I mean, it's that whole, we all have those deja vu moments, not to say that we all have our memories erased, but, you know, I think that was kind of what it is, is that she's feeling like, you know, she remembers it because she does, because she experienced it before. So yeah. Uh, it was very cute and very sweet. I love the fact that, you know, she said, are you a knight? And he said, no, I'm a writer. So I told you that's not he's gone. Not, he's you. not done with it. Nope. He's absolutely not done with it. Mm, nope. So it will be very interesting to see what happens, um, how that's going to play out. I'll bet you something bad is going to happen to Violet. Mm. And, and and he'll he'll find a way to find another. Maybe. Pen or something. I think he's still gonna. I Will, still think um, he's gonna find another one. We didn't see anything about the apprentice this episode, so nope. I'm still waiting to hear what's going on with him. I don't think he's done either. No. 
<laughs> All right, so so let's talk about the end segment mm-hmm. with the underworld cave that was very much Under like the house, yeah, the cave mm-hmm. in Lost, mm-hmm. uh, and the foot mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. on the island, foot statue. Mm-hmm. Yep, mm-hmm. and so basically uh, the 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 little montage of. Uh, of scenes right when rumpel was saying yeah rumpel doing the voiceover and then showing yeah. what was happening with everybody else we're yeah. all we're all held he said every dark one is held back mm-hmm. by the pull of the family mm-hmm. friendships and then i'm i'm adding good magic to that undoes the dark magic right and a love that refuses to give up on us. And that was a strong theme not too long ago. Right. Never give up on your family. Never give up on love and, and that kind of a thing. And that really reminds me of the way he's setting it up. It reminds me of the whole Jedi code. Mm-hmm. Is that you love and connection and family you you leave that behind to focus on your destiny as a Jedi Knight. And I would I would imagine the Sith is the same thing, Mark mm-hmm. Davis. Uh, so I, I think that's <laughs> it's the same type of thing as separating yourself from any type of emotional tie, so you can really focus and be all all in with this new uh, this new life as a Jedi or Sith. So and in this case, the Dark One. And additionally, men in black. Yeah, okay. Same thing. Because you forget everything and you have to leave it all behind. You have to leave it all behind you. Right. And that does happen when it's something like that. I mean, we see that with all these superheroes and even the villains too. But all the superheroes, they don't get to have a family life, a personal life. Because it's too dangerous. And they have to make a bigger sacrifice than most people do. Well, and remember, way back uh, when Emma was talking to Hook, Hook, uh, Emma told Hook, said, our relationship is going to get you almost killed mm-hmm. because they're going to go after you. Right. We, we, I've seen some movie where, where that was really discussed and, and said, look, you know, so so you're right. I mean, yeah. the, the whole family connection with, with a hero, with a, a, a police yeah. officer. Yeah. Uh, something like that is dangerous for the people dangerous. around them. So, yeah. so separating yourself, as painful as that is, yeah. it's the is safest and best thing for your loved ones, unfortunately. So now going back to the last episode, you know, Merlin told little Emma, leave the sword alone. Yeah. Do not retrieve Excalibur. Right. Warning you, don't yeah. do that. And of course... You know, and I, I said in the last episode, everybody knew it was going to happen. Yeah. Is that, you know, Rumpel is saying this ghost thing, whatever. Let's put this Excalibur together with the Dark One Dagger. Mm-hmm. Then we'll be able to snuff out the light. Mm-hmm. That light, that insidious light mm-hmm. that just hampers us, holds us back, and just it, it, it bothers us Dark Ones. You got to get rid of the light. You know, we talked about it in the the main show, the last one, is that uh, it's a balancing. You yeah. need that balance. You do. You take away the balance, God only knows what'll happen, mm-hmm. and that's what we're really setting ourselves up for. So, she couldn't pull Excalibur out. Nope. And Rumple said, "Well, did you think you it was going to be that easy? Right? Did you think it was that easy?" And uh, of course, my. Kill Bill said, well, yeah, I, I kinda kinda did. Anyway. Uh but he said you have to pay the price. Mm-hmm. And I wonder what that is. You know, maybe it's hook. I don't know what that price is. But she's got to give something up to get that kind of power. I think it's it gonna be Henry. Okay. Henry means more to her than anybody, including Hook. Yeah. Yep. So it's always that thing you love most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
<clears throat> so what is she going to have to do? And is that is that going to be the point where Henry's going to have to turn around and take the power of the pen? No, that's know? probably what'll do it. I mean, I've been waiting for there, there's something that has to be really high up that would make him kind of break that rule, that right. law. And again, it gets back to what Merlin said: doing the right thing, doing the wrong, re- the, doing the wrong, wrong thing, thing for the, for the right, right reasons. reasons. It's still bad. It's still bad. So, wow. We're in for a ride this season, yeah. I think. I think yeah. we're very much... I mean, I really enjoyed tonight's episode. I thought it was really good on a lot of levels. And, um, yeah, it just... Uh, up is down. Down is up. Uh-huh. We're going we're, we're gonna to be in for a ride this season, I think. We, we, I think it's pretty spectacular already. All right. I don't have any more notes. That's it. Nope. I'm I think, done. I think we're I think we're good. So I want to send big love out to everyone, including Rainy Side for winning that award. Mm-hmm. And take what you need from the big love, give it on, give it away to someone else. And I'm really enjoying this season. You know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of really trep- trepidish, trepidation out there, but I'm really enjoying it. I think it's going to be spectacular. So, I'm excited. Thank you so very much for joining us. And until next time, this is Jeff and Colleen, and I'm going to try to to do some fancy, fancy work here. We'll see you guys. Thank Bye. you so Bye. much for joining us for another episode of the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. This is a Rony Zone Media production. Our website is onceuponatimepodcast.com. You can contact us by going to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash contact. You can also connect with us on social media by going to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash connect. If you enjoy what we do and would like to support us, we invite you to go to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash support. There's a number of ways that you can help us out, and we truly thank you for it. The Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast, where you experience more of the magic of ABC TV's Once Upon a Time. <laughs>